Welcome to Therapy with Psychedelics. Your invitation to join two Oregon-based therapists as we set out on a professional journey to explore, investigate, and evaluate the therapeutic potential of psychedelics. I'm Marty Michelson. And I'm Paula Fontinelli. And this is TWP. Therapy with Psychedelics. Hi, everybody. Welcome again to our podcast and YouTube channel, Therapy with Psychedelics. We continue to explore the therapeutic potential of psychedelics. As we explore that, we also want to explore some of the popular ways in which people are beginning to imagine and understand the possibilities of psychedelics. That includes some new films that have come out and how those films portray how psychedelics have been used and what has happened with them, including popular culture. So today we're gonna to be talking about a film that you, the viewer and listener can watch on Netflix. That film is called Have a Good Trip. It includes <laughs> interviews and conversations with comedians and people like Carrie Fisher from Star Wars, Sting, a famous musician, and some of their experiences with psychedelics, Ben Stiller, what's happened with them and how they understand it. So our conversation today is going to explore this film and we're going to talk about it and what happens there. Paula, what did you think about the film and how can we begin our exploration today? Well, first of all, for those who are seeing me, because for podcasts they can't see me, but on our YouTube channel they can, I was smiling all the time because <laughs> I had so much fun with this movie. It was I actually watched twice because it's just fun. It's very, very different from the last one that we talked about. Both documentaries, that's how they present themselves. But the other one was more scientifically based and talking about fungi in general and, right. and of course, mushrooms. But this one goes, it's, it's kind of broader in terms of hallucinogens and psychedelics. But it's, to me, it's a comedy. I, that's how I would, uh, the genre for me is comedy more than documentary, although it is a documentary. And, Absolutely loved it. <laughs> and, and one of the things we want to explore is that the therapeutic potential of psychedelics is emerging in the world. So there's going to be a lot of different kinds of books, studies, films, inquiry, research that moves forward. But films like this in their popular and fun spirited sense can help awaken people to what's going on. One of the things I loved about the film is that it had a lot of creative artwork. So, oh my God, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And, and one of the things that's interesting is no person, when I've heard people describe their psychedelic experiences, they use language like fractals and the light became brighter and mm -hmm. shape-shifting kinds of things. Uh, in this film, they talk about never look in the mirror, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> but, so this, this film has a lot of creative artwork in it that tries to imagine and recreate what these psychedelic experiences yeah. are like for some people. Yeah, but it, it, the tone of the movie is just very funny. There are all these celebs talking about their trips, some good, some bad. And that's one of the things they do in this movie is to talk, okay, it's not all good, guys. You know, you're not going to connect with the world in a loving way every single time. Actually, Ben Stiller, is that his name? Ben Stiller? Yes, that's yeah, correct. Ben yeah. Stiller, he actually talks about his was horrible, right? He was scared to death. And it's actually a, a very funny scene. I, we, didn't, we didn't say this, but the movie has like two, for those who watch Parks and Recreation, so you have two main actors. The main like characters of this movie are Adam Scott and Nick Offerman. So yeah. they're both from Parks and Recs. 
And Nick Offerman is the teacher, the teacher who comes and explains. So all these celebs come and they talk about the trips and, and then the teacher comes and he has this board and he explains everything. And the other guy, the Adam Scott, the younger one, he's actually like a propaganda guy for the government or something, but it's probably the government because it's all about, he's always uh, talking up to kids and all he talks about is the bad trips. And he only goes, it's a bad trip. So it's, it's like scaring kids out of drugs. Don't do drugs. So, so these are the two main characters. And you go, you have the you know, celebs come and, and some, some more scientifically based people come and talk about. But these two always come on and off throughout the movie. And it's really funny. You know, Paula, as we're talking here, I just realized, given your upbringing and early adult life in Brazil, you may not know something that was part of sort of that is in this film. Uh-huh. Do you know that in the United States, there was a program called DARE, and it was the Drug Abuse Resistance Education? Did no you know way. That? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. So, so, so uh, most of our audience probably is going to be United States people. But if you grew up in the 80s or 90s in the United okay. States, if you went to a high school, I think every high school in the United States. Wow. It came out of the Ronald Reagan era, era and his Yeah, wife. that's what I was going to ask. Is this part of the war on drugs it's, thing? It was, it's exactly right. It's part of the yeah. war on drugs. And Ronald Reagan's wife started or is, is credited with starting the D.A.R.E. program, Drug Abuse Resistance Education. So some of those some, in the film that we're talking about, some of those scenes in the film are sort of a spoof off of. They're sort of, they're playing fun at and poking fun oh, at. Okay. Those were really the kinds of scenes that, people watched in the 80s and 90s and it was this scare you out of using drugs so yeah that's that's very interesting yeah you saying this and i think we should play a scene that to me is it was one of the funniest scenes actually at the end of the sorry guys there will be spoilers so if you don't want to see like scenes at the end but this is not like a movie fiction movie so it really doesn't doesn't matter but remember at the end he comes into this playground and and he gives you the definition of a bad trip right Right. and what's going to happen to you so i think we should start with that scene because it's a fun one and it just shows how it's maybe it's part of what you just said is their program that but it's i mean the way he talks about what it does to your brain and what your body becomes after drugs is just too funny so let's play that to our listeners if you want to watch it go to youtube if not you will listen to it and it's just as funny it's a deranged drifter who wants to torture you for the next 12 hours by slowly peeling your skin off your body, then plucking out your horror-filled eyeballs and feeding them to you on a soft pretzel roll made of your own epidermis. <laughs> oh, sure, great, come on in. Sounds crazy, right? Well, that's exactly what you're doing when you open your brain, the door, to hallucinogenics, the deranged drifter. Okay, so for me, what stood out from that, first of all, it's very, very exaggerated, but, uh, but also the pretzel made with your epidermis. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and the deranged drifter. The, the popular presentation is that any use of any drug was just going to make you completely crazy. Yeah, I remember that they actually show in. I was going to ask you, because now that you mentioned this program, maybe it is from the program, they sometimes play 
old. It's you can tell, but I don't know if it was something that they made look old, if it's part of the movie, or if it's part of this program, because there is this guy talking, but he has the 60s, 70s hair. Yes. And he talk and he talks about that. And he talks about how oh we use this in animals. And one time we actually used tried it on an elephant and it died. Remember? <laughs> And, and, and what I would note for you, uh, Paula, is that in the film, Have a Good Trip, I couldn't tell. Some of the scenes were clips yeah. that were definitely from the 80s and 90s. But some of them were, I couldn't tell as well if they yeah. were sort of recreated to represent that 80s and 90s experience of D.A.R.E. and uh, the yeah. drug abuse resistance education program. Yeah. So which one of the, did, did any stood out for you any of these people talking so, for me the one that really stood out was the the star wars person carrie fisher carrie fisher sure yeah because it sounds i didn't know that but she said well it was kind of my demise right right that she really got into drugs and she became an addict and and when you think about it she really didn't do much after star wars so yeah, there were the the person who probably stood out to me most in the film was uh, Sting, the uh, artist mm -hmm. and musician. And again, I want to highlight in this film, this film really did focus on comedians and popular actors, and that's going to be different from another film we've already reviewed and others we might review. Uh, but th in this film, then you're not going to get a clinical presentation of. Uh, experiences with psilocybin, you're going to get the lived experience. One of the things that's happening, of course, with our podcast and our exploration is that psychedelics are coming into clinical practice. They're under research study. So mm -hmm. in the film, when Sting talks about his experiences and he talks about more than one, he talks about different kinds of experiences he had, including traveling to other countries to have experiences with indigenous persons, sort of in uh, a forested areas out in nature. And one of the things that he talks about is he talks about how one of his experiences during the time of Haley's comment. So he's having a psychedelic experience. He described even having, if I remember right in the film, having deer's blood poured on him. So oh clearly, goodness. yeah, gross, right? That's not going to be anything that's part of clinical practice. No. Um, but he, he describes how looking at Haley's Comet while under the influence of psychedelics, uh, the comet looked like a dragon passing through the sky for him. So that really stood out to me as a note in the film as the sort of superlative, the really almost exaggerated, I, I'll use a big fancy word here, phantasmagoric, right? This sort yeah. of, this fantastic experience. It's clearly some people have those kind of experiences with some sort of psychedelics. But you know, uh, you're talking now about all these experiences that they, they portray and they share with us in the movie. And I don't know if it happened to you, when I watched the, you know, the, the first uh, review we did with the Fantastic right. Fungi, and that movie, when it finished, emotionally, I was ready for the trip. Right? I was ready to try it. So I'm going to do this because as we've shared with you, our listeners and viewers, we haven't tried psychedelics yet. Right. But I had the opposite effect with this movie, even though it's more entertaining, it's funnier. At the end, I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Did that happen to you? Oh, absolutely. She's Sarah Silverman, the comedian. And, and one of the things she describes is how she took, she, someone handed her a, 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 some acid. She didn't really know what it was. She took it, which by the way, we are not condoning that in this podcast, right? We're, mm -hmm. we're talking about clinical practice use that we'll yes. be developing. Yeah. But she, she describes how she took some LSD 
And sometime 20, 40 minutes later, I don't remember, she described she got in a car and she drove someplace. And as I heard her describing that, I'm like, oh my goodness. That's <laughs> like, we don't want that to happen, right? We want yeah. people to be in clinical settings where they can take this. But yeah, that was another experience that she described as one that was in the film. And, and by the way, in the film, they, they had some sort of, you know, note that went across the bottom of the screen after she described this that was like, you know, we do not drive after taking acid or some joke yeah. like that in the film. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and but, they repeat it all over many, many, many times. Right. Don't drive. Some of the, yeah, some of the suggestions, right. Or warnings don't drive when you do it. Don't look at yourself in the mirror. Mirror. Exactly. <laughs> I always wondered about that. So what happens to you when you look at yourself in the mirror? <laughs> And, and again, part of, part of what was so unique in this film with his experience with psychedelics is it gives you the descriptions of people who have these really in the native experience, you know, from Sting being in the, mm -hmm. in the wilderness to Sarah Silverman in some way being on some road somewhere in the United States and driving. Um, and by the way, I think she said she was driving home and some, the person she was driving with also had taken LSD or acid or whatever mm -hmm. they'd taken. Mm -hmm. So this film has some funny experiences, has some comedic interludes, has some creative um, artistic renderings mm -hmm. of what happens, mm -hmm. and has less on that the sort of therapeutic and psychotent. Yeah, the uh, clinical uh, thing is there, but very lightly. Yes. Very light, yep. Very and yet it also allows, it allows for people, I hope, the film allows for people to say, okay, there are people like Sting and Nick Offerman and uh, Sarah Silverman mm -hmm. that have used these substances and have had experiences that have caused them to think different about the world. And that's, again, what we're focusing on as we think about what the therapeutic potential is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It also made me think about the, the clean, as a clinician, how important the prep sessions are, how important it is for you to actually develop a relationship with the patient before that happens, the trip happens, because then they'll feel safe and maybe it will minimize any bad effect of bad trips because yeah. they know they're not alone. And, and I'll step out of the film here for just a minute. In the state of Oregon, as the potential for therapeutics is developing and becoming legal, things are not yet set. This podcast today is being recorded at the end of 2021, and it's not going to be legal in, the, in Oregon until 2023. But I know based on some of the government and website and, and meetings that I've participated in, the, the therapeutic potential is going to include requirements or some uh, suggestions that there are required mm -hmm. preparation meetings yeah, for course. the psychedelic yeah. experience, and then required post- psychedelic experience integration moments. So as, again, different from the film that we're talking about, mm -hmm. the therapeutic idea is really going to be, how do we uh, get the, what the language that's being used is set and setting. How do we get the set mm -hmm. and setting correct? But again, that's that's sort of uh, the, yeah, yeah, the that's, clinical side and gets us yeah, away from coming the back of Coming back to the movie, uh, yes. I just looked at my notes here and uh, we haven't mentioned Deepak Chopra is there, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, and he and, and Deepak Chopra, I'm sure he's done a lot of, of hallucinogens. And one of the things he says that made me actually think, wow, yeah, that makes sense. He said, it feels like it's not real. But when, we, when you come out of it, you wonder what is. Right. Isn't that a great point? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Sting and others talk about the you know, existential kinds of questions that emerge. What is mm -hmm. consciousness? Mm -hmm. And how do you even view and see your own self in light of this? And of course, that's part of what the film helps 
explore that these comedians and actors have experienced. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to ask you, uh, Marty, um, when we look back and they show these old clips of probably this program that you mentioned, I thought about me and how much I bought into this narrative of this is going to kill you, it makes you psychotic, it's too dangerous, and, and of course how much that got in the way of research. So did you, do you think you bought into this narrative too? So, yeah, I mean, for, for me, let me, you know, my lived experience was I was growing up as a child in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And my life was shaped by what I was told in school and what was on the news and what, mm-hmm. you know, the president of the United States and his wife were, were pushing forward. Um, yeah. And, and I, I also think it's important we should note there are issues of drug crises that exist in the world. It's clear that the opioid mm-hmm. crisis in the last several years and how that's impacted individuals and impacted communities, yeah. that's a very real issue. We're, we don't want to under, underestimate that. No. But again, I think what you're suggesting here, Paula, and the movie suggests for us is that some things were actually inaccurately presented about some drugs And then when some drugs, specifically psilocybin, was scheduled as a drug that couldn't be accessed, it took it out of the ability for even researchers to Mm -hmm. explore its therapeutic potential. Maybe there's something. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So. And I read something online. I was just doing some browsing yesterday and I read about documentaries, just one sentence. And and I'm going to say the sentence and I have a question for you. Okay. And it really made sense to me and it's true. It says, all documentaries are biased. So all documentaries, what? Give me the are language. Bi- are biased. Yes, of course. And of course, of course. So what do you think was the bias of this one? The bias of this film was to make a lighthearted review and critique mm-hmm. of how the drug scene was presented in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's be, that would be my personal take on it. And they, they wanted in this film to show that actors and comedians and people have been using mm-hmm. these substances. They've been using them in ways that they aren't legally available unless they went to some other countries. Mm-hmm. And yet here they are able to laugh about it, to joke about it, to describe some bad trips that were good for them and also some mm-hmm. unique trips that were part of their experience. So I really think the sort of bias of this film was to say there's a more lighthearted availability of drugs mm-hmm. or some mm-hmm. psychedelic drugs than we might mm-hmm. have otherwise yeah. believed. What, what did yeah. you think? Yeah, for me too, but I think the bias also was to say, it, all the messages you got from the 80s and that it's really bad and it will kill you and you go insane because that's actually one of the things they, they show in one of these propaganda, you know, government propaganda, you will go insane and you right. will stay there. So it's not true. I think they want to shift the message to it's not all bad. There is, there is value. There is value in the experience. Even Sting, he says something like that. He said, yeah, I've had bad trips and I've had good ones, but in the end, they balance, balance each, else, uh, each other out. Yeah, and I'll, uh, so from the film too, there was, there was a note in the film at one point in time, and I, I, can, I don't know if this was an actual 1980s film or if they were recreating it, but they said, if you use these drugs, you will have instant insanity. Yeah, right? <laughs> which, <laughs> they actually which, show a graph. There is like a graph on the, yeah. <laughs> and, and it will never go away. So if even one time use of these drugs. Now, the, the other interesting thing in this film and in other experiences I've heard about people or read about people with uh, their psychedelic trips is there is an experience for some people that they cite after the psychedelic experience. And they say, 
I felt like I was never going to come out of it. And of mm, course they do. Scary. Uh, yeah. Psychedelic experiences, depending on the dose that you've taken and what you've had, according to the research that I've read, uh, last anywhere from about three to 12 hours with kind of a mm. five to eight hour window is fairly normal based on the research that yeah. I've read. Mm -hmm. But in the, in the middle of it, the people feel like their whole existence has dissolved. They can't experience life. You know, So I do think there is a sense for people according to what I've read, that there isn't a feeling of almost instant insanity. When will I ever come back to normal? But when people also describe their post-psychedelic experiences, they actually realize they do come back to their normal life, mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. different than it was. And I think yeah. all of the people, even in this film, describe that at some level too. Yeah, and I think, but that's the scary part too, I think. And it has to do with your biases too and your fears. If you, if you go into this experience with a lot of fear, chances are you'll be scared, right? Absolutely. So you really have to be ready. And that's, you know, I'll, I'm, I think I'll get there. I'm still not there. I have to do some more research. We have to do some more interviews. <laughs> By the way, talking about that, that experience too, I, I do think too about that in, in the film, Sting talked about having taken some substance. I don't remember what, what he'd said he'd taken. And he was walking down a road in England, as I understood him to describe. And there was a farmer, one of his neighbors that needed help birthing a calf. Oh, yes, a calf. Right? Yeah. And, and he, cool he, kind, he's, he in the film, he describes how he's kind of trying to say to this farmer, like, I can't help you. But he, he couldn't say to him, you know, I'm tripping right now. <laughs> and and then he helps he helps uh, pull the calf out of this this cow yeah, because she was dying the cow was yeah. dying yeah and, he, and 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 again his description of it is this it takes on this sense of mortality and birth and life and part of part of what he says there is again this unique singular experience he had and the film has you know really creative graphics that it does when it, it describes this mm -hmm. but it also he talks about how the the use of psychedelics awakened you to a greater sense of mortality and life and mm -hmm. your own mortality and birth mm -hmm. and regeneration and whatever mm -hmm. all that might be entailed yeah. here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was interesting as well. Yeah, yeah. When you talk about mortality, it, it brings me back to one of the things that I think about when I watch uh, documentaries specifically is how universal it is. What right. is universal about this documentary? And you talked about mortality and to me, at least for this movie that we watched, uh, the mortality, the, the human curiosity and how we are always searching for something other than this that we see, right? right. We want meaning, we want a purpose and we want explanations. And, and that's where I, I believe psychedelics are for these people. And that's what we heard from them. It's about experiencing something new and getting some answers that they can't get otherwise. You know, and I, I've thought about it. So again, the film we're talking about, Have a Good Trip. You can watch it on Netflix. On oh, Netflix. The, yeah. the language of trip has been used for psychedelics for a long time. I don't know the history of it. I don't know where it emerged. But I think in our real lives, when we go on a trip somewhere, part of what happens for us is we get in our car, or we, get, we uh, go, go on a hike, or we get on an airplane, we end up in a different city. We sleep in a different place, we eat different meals, mm -hmm. and we come back after that trip. You know, here I'm describing a real trip. And we come back to our home life, wherever we live, and we, we think of our lives differently because we had an experience in Los Angeles, or we had an experience in New York, or we went on a hike in Montana, wherever it was. And, and one of the things that I think the language of have a good trip uses, both in this film and in the use of psychedelics, 
is it forces people into experiencing life differently and then coming back to that life and saying, how do I live my day-to-day life in light of this? And again, the, the film doesn't get into all of that sort of existential stuff, but, mm-hmm. but it does too, because each of the people, Sarah Silverman, Ben Stiller, Sting, Deepak Chopra, they say that their experiences with psychedelics cause them to come back to their life and experience life differently and view the world differently. So the, the trip that they've returned home from, if I can use that language, is a coming back to themselves and understanding how they can live their best life after this and in light mm-hmm. of this. Yeah, yeah. And also, all documentaries are signs of the times, right? They sure. always represent what's happening socially in the world at that time. Uh, and this one is, is a clear example of that because now we have this renaissance of, of psychedelics in terms of clinical use. Yes. So there are movies coming up and a lot of books coming up showing that, okay, let's, let's close that, that uh, I don't know, close that door on the fear and that it's all dangerous, going to kill you, make you insane. There is another side that we didn't hear about and all the research that was being done, even though not much. But I think it's, a, it's an, again, it's an expression of the times. We're trying to look at psychedelics as something that can be clinically used. So we have to show this other side of, of this reality, right? And, and in that regard, it would be important to note that while the film, Have a Good Trip, did focus most of its attention on actors and comedians, uh, Dr. Charles Grobe, G-R-O-B, mm-hmm. yes. was also highlighted in several scenes. And in the scenes where he was highlighted, uh, he talked about the clinical potential and yeah. how psychedelics and psilocybin uh, have potential to help people with depression, end-of-life anxiety, PTSD kinds of things. So uh, again, this film is going to be more on the explorative, imaginative, comedic, and experienced life of uh, psychedelics sort of in the wild. Uh, But it also included Dr. Charles Grobe and insights Mm -hmm. from him as part of the research and developing uh, structure of what's happening with uh, the clinical practice of psychedelics. Okay, enough spoilers, I guess. (laughs) I think we should end, we should end with the basic scene because I'm sure everybody here, you are listening, you know that one of the visual scenes that we have from people with psychedelics is jumping off windows, right? right? They get crazy and they think they can fly and they jump off windows. So they actually show a lot because one, the other thing that is in parallel throughout the movie is these kids, their friends, they go to parties. So they're real characters. They're the fiction part of the movie. And uh, one of the funniest scenes is, is again, and they're always jumping off windows, remember? Right. <laughs> they're always jumping off windows. In, in so the cartoon we'll, version of stuff that they show, right? Yeah, so, uh, so I, I will end with that one of those scenes. So they're at the party and a prankster, according to the propaganda guy, puts some drugs and I think it's acid or something. They drink it inadvertently. And of course they end up jumping off. So let's just finish with that scene because I think it's a funny one. It's a good way to end. Don't miss it. It's called Have a Good Trip and it's a Netflix documentary. (laughs) Guys, come on. Orange soda. Take a sip. Drink it. Take a sip. Drink it. Take a sip. Well, if they're not going to enjoy these fresh sodas, I am. Yeah, me too.
Why is everything like an electric rainbow? Yeah, I can see the whole universe. It sounds like you guys are tripping. No, we didn't take any drugs. That's not something I would ever do. Cool. Did you see that dragon? Are you sure you're not tripping? I'm sure they are tripping. Because they've been dosed, I put 10 tabs of LSD in their sodas. <laughs> I never wanted this. Thank you for joining us on the journey to explore, investigate, and evaluate the therapeutic potential of psychedelics. Send us an email to therapywithpsychedelics at gmail.com or reach out to us by phone in the United States at 971-915-1815. Thank you.